Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James Williams. I am a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm here with very proud alumni, I would imagine, former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. Josh, what is going on, man? Hey, go Bruins, man. That's all I can say. (laughs) It's been a great week uh, to be a, a Bruin for sure. Um, just from the sense that I've gotten from the fans and whatnot, um, I've done some. I uh, well, I did one Twitter space for UCLA football um, earlier in the week um, on Monday, and just to hear out the fans, see what they had going on. I'm sure they wanted a place where they can go and talk and and you know all this new success that that's you know kind of been missing from the program for some time. So now you got a lot of happy folks and. Um, they, they were buzzing, man. They, I had them on there for like an hour and a half. I think I was only sp- supposed to go on for like an hour and for like half an hour. Um, I hadn't been feeling too good, but yeah, they were excited. So I just kept the thing going. So I, I was waiting to talk to you, waiting to see what your reaction was and just your thoughts on, on UCLA football under Chip Kelly, number 11 in the country. Uh, has a ring to it. Just having, you know, just having a ranking in it. I feel like I mean we talked about this though of like we get these mm-hmm. doves we're gonna be moving up potentially top ten so I think it's exciting times I'm just like I'm really uh proud and and happy for like the guys that have really stuck out this journey no doubt know, yeah from DTR you know starting o, oh starting zero and five to going mm-hmm. five and zero oh, and now six and zero oh, and being right yeah like a Mo Osling you know John J Pitts. John yeah. Gaines. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so, so many guys. There's so that, many of them, know, yeah. That grew up into this, and you can't help but be excited and happy for them to finally um, building towards this, this success. Um, but going back to the game, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm, keep, I'm tired of – I have <laughs> – I keep having games the same time as the I Bruins. know. Hey, when, so I was, when you start winning – they start putting the Bruins in, in these like prime time slots and stuff out here now. That, that that's is what comes. True. Hey, that that's what comes with winning. You you know you're not catching the the Pac-12 after dark game or you're not catching the nine a.m. kickoff or something. That so, is true, but uh, you can't be picky. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it live again. So, yeah, I know. You know, stuck on hey, watching it. And... Maybe that. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the superstition here. Maybe you just me don't not watch, watching the game. Maybe just you don't watch the game, right? Because but you I, didn't watch the I do, Washington live, right? Yeah, that's true. 
I do love going back to the locker room and checking my phone <laughs> and seeing the UCLA winning and me running around the locker room, mm -hmm. putting my phone in all of the, the the other Pac-12 alum faces. Yep. It brings me joy every year, every week. Now, but, it, it, go ahead. I was like, we talk about this game. Yeah, let's talk about the game because you kind of said something before we started recording that I, I thought was kind of interesting. Um... It was if you really, I mean, if you look at the stats, you wouldn't think UCLA dominated the way they did because mm -hmm. Utah won the first down, um, thirty-one to UCLA's twenty-one. Yep. Uh, third down efficiency seven seven for thirteen, um, to UCLA's five for nine. They both were were oh four on fourth downs. They ran seventy-seven plays. UCLA sixty-one. The punt game was even. UCLA lost the penalty. Uh, UCLA had 10 penalties for 68 yards. Utah only had four penalties for 29. Um, Utah had lost the possession or the, lost the turnover yep. battle. They had two two turnovers to UCLA only having one. Hmm. And, and when there should have been none. It should have been none. Should have been none. We talked about it too. Well, and it. Utah won the time possession. Uh, Having yeah. the ball for 33 minutes, 51 seconds, two slays, 2609. And and rewatching it, UCLA had a lot of bend, don't break from their defense this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Utah, there was times where it's like Utah was moving the ball. You know, running back was running it, you know, eight, nine yards a pop. Um, and Utah looks like, I mean, they're a good team. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was a really good win. Cam Rising is one of, I think one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, from a maturity standpoint, he's making some really good throws, um, really good at escaping the pocket. Um, and he's also like, people don't give him credit, I think, for being such like a, he's kind of a physical runner. Mm -hmm. He's running through some arm tackles. I mean, he yeah. had what? He had 70, he had, well, he had 71 yards gained rushing, but he, you know, it, it lost 12 yards. So he had 59 yards, two touchdowns rushing. Longest run was um, 17 yards, and he averaged 4.5 yards. So, yeah, and majority of those were, uh, yeah, majority of those were not designed. You know, they were um, him finding finding holes in um, in the pocket and getting out of there and getting extending the play and getting first downs. Um, and then the running back Thomas looked decent. Like this was a good team. Mm -hmm. um, so certain things that I think usually defense needs to tighten up on. But offensively, I mean, Doran was super efficient. 18 for 23, four touchdowns. One interception that you want to touch on it. Oh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Why is he throwing the ball? Like, that's the one thing. Because I, like I, like I was telling you, I was, uh, they let the media come down on the field for the last five minutes. So once there's like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, we can start. I mean, we can go start going down before that. But we can go on the field at the five-minute mark. Um, in the fourth quarter. So I'm going down there. I'm getting settled. I'm waiting. You know, UCLA kind of has it in the bag already. And all I see is as soon as I get down there, I see Clark Phillips running across the field with the ball. And I'm like, what? I, I thought they were on offense or something. And then I realized, oh, that was Clark Phillips. So, of course, as I mentioned, we talked about it like last week. You know, Clark Phillips was going to get his. And the last thing you want to do is throw his way. And it came down to the very end. I mean, maybe when it was kind of out of reach for Utah. Um that he gets an interception, takes it back for a pick six. That's second week in a row for him um, doing that for Utah. But 
I just don't know why you're throwing the ball. I, what what did you say? There was like 30 seconds left. It's I don't even know what down it was, but you're, it was it was fourth. It was like I think it was fourth and five uh, under a minute to go in the fourth quarter. You're up by you're up uh, by 17. 17 at that point. Yes, it's 25 to 42, fourth and five. I don't like, I don't know. I mean, I don't Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's you no know, real answer to that. Like, I don't know. Like, you should just like, even if you're not giving it a Charbonnet to get over 200 yards, which I know Chip Kelly, like, you know, that's the last thing he's worried about. is trying to get a milestone number for a guy. Um, But why aren't you giving it to Keegan Jones or somebody? Like, I, I don't get but, it. I, I mean... To be honest, I mean, I'm either I don't I, I don't remember the uh, down and dis or the where they were on the field. But I mean, I'm thinking field goal or pin them in, pin them down. Well, inside the 20 with the punt. So it was an 80 yard touchdown return interception return for a touchdown. Oh, so that's um, an easy. That's an easy field goal. Yeah. So I don't so, know what they're doing. So they could have um, wait. So they could have kicked the field goal. 100 percent. And they would have been up by twenty. And you would have been up by twenty, making it, it making it a three three possession game. Or it was already a three possession. It really yeah. It really didn't. I don't know. It didn't even. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like, but but it, it now it kind of really even really does because it's like not only did you now now is the end result only a forty two to thirty two game, so it looks like you only beat them by ten points. One, it could you could have just had it where you won by seventeen, or you could have while. Well, you could have had it to where you won by 20 points. And again, if you're uh, like I was saying, that might make the difference from you being a number 10 team in the country and a number 11. At the end of the day, maybe it doesn't matter uh, the way the bye week. And, and there's like six ranked versus ranked matchups. I think this weekend, obviously UCLA is on a bye week. So there's a good chance UCLA could just move up to number 10 or number nine, regardless, without even playing a game this week. But I mean, I don't know if you're trying to go for style points or whatever, or if you're trying to like make a statement like to the rest of the pack 12 at that point, cause you just knock off the defending champion. And let's say you, you could say you did it by 20 points. I don't know. I mean, Chip Kelly's not thinking about any of that. He's not worried about that. You don't care if you win by a point, like a win's a win, but I win it. Yeah. We were trying I'm to be one like, of We're winning this bye week this week. Mm-hmm. Can't lose in a bye week. <laughs> you can't lose in a bye week. Um, um for that, oh, one, and then another thing for like the defense thing. One thing you have to factor in is Blaylock getting ejected. Yes, that I know. I know that had an impact on you say's defense throughout the game. Um, Mo Austin stepped up. I think had a um, had a pretty big game. Mo yeah. had a big game, and they shout out like losing, a couple losing. guys. Will Nemo yeah. or Will Nemo stepped up. Yeah, modern day kid. Modern day um, kid. Um, shout out, shout out, modern, shout out, modern day. By the way, I got ties modern day. So, oh, do you? Okay, well, you won that one. Well, real quick, just to make that relevant for uh, UCLA, I went to see Ty Lee, who's committed to UCLA. He's a safety for Bosco. Separates his, I think he separated his shoulder. He injured his shoulder in the first. Like he didn't, he did. I didn't even see when it happened, but he came out at halftime without pads, and I'm like, uh, what happened? Like trying to find, and he was like ice on his shoulder. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but kind of tough. They uh, Bosco got banged up in that one. They had some injuries for sure. But uh, yeah. going back to the DBs, uh, Jalen Davies was another one. He's a um, a transfer from Oregon. Was at Ranch, uh, Ranch Cucamonga High School alum, I believe. Um, he had the interception returned back, knocked out at the one-yard line. Um, oh, the, so, the fumble recovery. Or was it the... Or was that the fumble recovery? 
Yeah, Why was I thinking of the interception? Okay, I was thinking interception. Only, I mean, Darius, Darius had, the had the interception. I thought they had two interceptions. Oh, you said two turnovers, not two interceptions. Two turnovers. Okay, yeah, fumble recovery. That's right. Darius forced the fumble, which was the one that Davies recovers. Um, but then you also had uh, the interception by Darius as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. He doesn't get the touchdown in, but then he uh, they gave the ball to Charbonnet the next play, touchdown, one-year touchdown. Um, the biggest thing for me, uh, and I, maybe this is, you know, this includes the secondary, but maybe just so, uh, more so what they do with the pass rushes, UCLA did not give up a passing touchdown and they didn't have a, um, the only touchdowns. I mean, you give up a seven, no, you give up a five yard touchdown run, a six yard touchdown run. You give up a nine yard touchdown run. Um, and then just the interception there at the end, um, so, I mean, what, what what does that say? Is that something that you, if you as someone who played defense at UCLA, is that something you're okay with? If if it's just them, you know, maybe they're they're inching their way towards the field and, you know, they get they break off a, a 10-yard run for a touchdown more so than it just being explosive plays. Because you're not, like, they're not disheartening. I mean, you know, you letting your opponent score is always a little disheartening. But 100%. it's not like it was, like, huge mistakes to the point where someone got, beaten coverage right and it like you know it was a 40 yard touchdown because last year that's what was that's that was the case last year is yeah, it yeah. was explosive plays that were that were hurting them so and that that's one know. of the things that uh as an arrow used to talk about a lot is the the um analytics of winning percentage to uh when you factor in explosive plays explosive plays mm-hmm. being played beyond 20 yards um and like by allowing any explosive plays, like your chances of winning go down significantly. So, and like watching it, like Utah was really grinding down the field. Like there wasn't, they, they didn't have, yeah, it wasn't really explosive plays. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, dinks and dunks of like cam rising, fitting it in tight windows uh, to the tight end a lot. Uh, you know, a few runs, like I said, nine, eight yards of him getting out of the pocket, you know. So the receiver, way. the leading, the, the three leading receivers, one of them had a um, a catch of 23 yards. One had one of 21 yards. One had one of 25 yards. So even though, you you know, they did. Have, there were some um, explosive plays, but not none that cost. Not, you yeah, not like a touch. Yeah, like right. Touch, which like is a, which know, is still, you 40, know, 50, 60, like, right. Who, right. Who did Logan Loya had a, what, like a 70 yard? He had a 70 yard touchdown and like 68 of that was after the catch. Yeah. 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 So, so nothing, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing too major. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the biggest thing was uh pass rush rain uh pass rush lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed to UCLA needs to work on um just squeezing the pocket in because I think Cam Rising was able to you know elude the pocket uh, and step up and and get out of there and, and you know make some plays on his feet that and a lot of the times it was like he was we had a sack. And guys were just missing it, yeah. you know. And this, I mean, like I said, Cameron's guy again. I think is a good quarterback. He's bigger and stronger than people give him credit for. So um, there was times where I like, I'm like, okay, that's a sack, and he mm-hmm. he got out of it and and kept running. Um, same a few times also with the running back. I think, um, I think one of the questions I was asked on Twitter was, yeah, um, um, something something it was something about first to run. Uh, how um how does the a uh, question from Mike Gal 3730 73 76 
Um, I, I think this might be the one. How does UCLA's D tighten up the screw against the Ducks and not read all the hype? Maybe I think that might have been the one. But anyway, to that point, though, like they need to keep this in their back pocket because um, I think Bo Nix, the quarterback for Oregon, had like three rushing touchdowns and then Oregon's running backs had like two rushing touchdowns. I don't think they had a passing touchdown. So that's something to keep in mind. You have another mobile quarterback. Caleb Williams can run with the ball and and there's plenty of times where I think he's going to get sacked during these USC games and they cannot bring him down. So that's something that they may have to keep in mind um, and making sure that they are finishing out on some of these plays because um, yeah, if if the quarterback is mobile enough or, or can move around that way, uh, you don't want that to get the best of you. I'm trying to see. We'll get we'll get to more of the questions uh, in a, in a little bit, and, and maybe we'll come across that one again. But going back back to uh, Stephen Blaylock real quick, he does make like his, and I've I kind of lost track at this point. It's like his 36th career or 36th consecutive start does get bumped out or does get called for targeting and disqualified from the game early, but it was like in the first quarter. So he so does the it up. Streak, so he the sits streak out. Lives. Yes, he sits out the second half and is able to continue the streak. Like I tweeted that. That was the first thing I was worried about. I'm like, oh no. And then I was like, ah, so early enough in the game. So he'll be back. But I think one, so I think from that, like there was a, some good stuff that I think could be taken away from that is that Stephen Blaylock's not on the field. You know, he's he's called the general by the guys. And while he's not there, one, he still showed good leadership and was active even from the sideline, like I saw that while I was at the game from the press box, but then. But shot, but like that, that is so nice that they changed. I mean, it's the targeting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where you don't have to I'm like still, take the walk of shame. The, yeah. The targeting thing is still, still yeah. dumb to me. You're going to take away kids only have 12, mm-hmm. you know, to 14 chances a year. If you make, right. the, you know, if you make championship of games, Mm-hmm. why take one away you know in the nfl you don't take a guy out he gets fined or whatever but like you know i don't think you know yeah no they yeah need to find, they, need, they need to find a way around it there's like know, a, there's it, yeah there, there's got to be like a better way to kind of handle that i mean even if it's like some sort of i don't know if it's significant yardage like is yes i'm saying yeah make it 15 or something okay but something. but like but but you're saying them changing it to where, yeah, once you're ejected, you don't have to leave the sideline. Mm-hmm. So the player can still be there for the team, interact, and help, you know. Because, like I said, when it was me, it was straight to the locker room. And then <laughs> for the first half of the next game, it was stay in the locker room. Yeah. Out. You're, like, on the biggest timeout and everyone knows it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but no, but, like, so Blaylock was active, like, just on the sideline. Um, and... And, you know, and the guys had to step up like you had secondary guys that had to step up. And that's been kind of the thing just in general, because they're already kind of inexperienced just from like the number of starts as it was. And because there were so many veteran guys last year at the safe at defensive back, uh, Quentin Lake, Quantrez. Knight. I think Quentin Lake was at the game, actually. Um, Quentin Lake, Quantrez Knight and Obi Ebo. There's like some uh, Cam Johnson, I think there's like there was like so many dudes that um, are no longer with the program because they graduated, got drafted, etc. So I think they held their own. I think they did a good job. And again, I mean, if they want, I mean, if it was that big of a weakness, they could have picked apart the secondary, but they didn't. So I thought the secondary held its own. Um, anything else from the game? Any other kind of takeaways? Um. 
I mean, we didn't shout out Zach Charbonnet, but he's that man. He's that dude. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, was uh, recognized as the offensive player of the week by the Reese's Senior Bowl this week. Dorian also got some honors, offensive player of the of the week for the conference. Um, I think um, the oh, Davey O'Brien, grade eight. Uh, Matt, I think it might have been a Maxwell player of the week. Um, Darius Muasa was the Polynesian player of the week or defensive player of the week. Um, so the guy, I mean, hey, you win a couple games and that and like you get all, you know, it starts coming. There's more like there's so much like like follow up stuff after the game, like all these awards and stuff like it's kind of hard to keep track of. Now it's getting ridiculous, but that's what comes Draft stock goes up mm-hmm. when your team winning. You know, every, I mean, everything's better when you're winning. <laughs> yeah, everything's just... everything is better uh, when you win. Uh, do you want to do you have anything else on the game before we Get to any question. Oh, real quick, if we're shouting out people, you got to shout out Bobo. Two touchdowns for him. Almost three, three I think. Three-headed three three. monster again. Yeah. Three-headed monster. Recipe, though. I think, I think. I mean, that that is the recipe. If you get Charmin over 100 and you get you get Bobo a touchdown. And then yeah, Bobo I mean, a touchdown. You let and, Dorian and, do his thing. And Dor- yeah, if Dorian's efficient, uh, his good ratio, you win I, the game. I think too, like I've mentioned it before, but I think I when I was watching the replay, they mentioned it again. Anytime Zach Charbonnet is over a hundred yards, I think UCLA is ten and zero when he gets over a hundred yards. So the first thing I would do is I'm not passing. I'm just getting a hundred yards of Charbonnet easy, and then the rest of the game you should just win. I don't know. No, I don't know. You know, it just works out. Like he, I think UCLA but literally they're ten and that's zero. The, that's the issue though, because you can't you can't stack the box. Yeah, because usually has enough talent to spread mm-hmm. you out, and Dorian has the you know the capability of they could be an air raid if they wanted to. They could throw yeah. the whole time, but they just have you don't need to when you both, have Charbonnet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah like right. you have a dominant run game and you know mm-hmm. an explosive pass game. Yep, you're good as long as you don't have turnovers and penalties. Uh, like that's why I mean this is you said it's probably gonna have the top offense again in the Pac-12. I think they might be like second in offense overall. I think uh, Washington might be still like up there, but um, I do want to say that you were right. I did tweet it out saying that you were right. They are the, like, they were the number two pass rush. Def- what, what I forgot what you said, but you were right. Um, but now even more so, again, without looking, I think I heard this. Um, it's something I'm meaning to look. I'm just kind of on the bye week vibing right now, but I think they're the number one defense in the conference. Maybe. Don't hold me to that. They might I don't be. No. I mean, th- this was the this was the first game where they allowed mm-hmm. a significant amount of rushing yards. They let up 192. They let did. up 479 total yards. That's what I'm saying. Like the stats, like when you really were only, if you only look at the stats and did not look at the score, you would think that the, the game could have went either way. But I mean, aren't but are you okay giving Cam Rising a net total of 59 rushing yards if that means he's not going to pass throw a passing touchdown like would i don't know would you rather have him just rushing like i don't know i feel like you're shutting down the i don't know maybe it maybe i mean if they're scoring they're scoring but to me it's like I'm, yeah i mean in, in utah is like known for trying to be smash mouth especially mm-hmm. in, you know sit, you know red zone short yard situations mm-hmm. they they think they're you know big strong can you know <laughs> they think they're a big in, 10 so. team yeah, so I'm not surprised that that's the you know 
gotcha. stats there. Um, yeah. Anything else before we uh, dive into questions from the folks on Twitter? Let's just keep this thing rolling. I mean, I I think I I just love the the attitude that the boys have right now and mm-hmm. Chip has and the team has right now. As far as like, it doesn't matter who they're playing; they're just trying to win the game. You know, be one and zero. It doesn't matter what happened last week, and it doesn't matter who it is. The goal is still the goal of winning every week, and I mean, it's working. And guys are just, you know, coming on, balling. They're they're definitely they're balling. They're they're bought in, um, and and the program's moving in the right direction. Uh, let's jump into the first question here from 1994 Bruin who has a question for Woodsy. He says, who are the top three recruits you were surprised we got? Who are the top three recruits you were surprised we lost? Um, Which three-star player do you know was vastly underrated when you first saw them? So I guess this doesn't go back, not just this year, but just in general. This is my time, my time. Just UCLA probably? uh, Whatever. Just uh, whoever you're aware of within the UCLA program. But uh, three recruits you were surprised that they got and three that you were surprised they lost. Um, obviously this question, um, it probably kind of comes to mind after we lose Roderick Robinson, uh, to Georgia, um, the UCLA commit does flip over to Georgia. So I guess I'm, I'm thinking that's where that question he hasn't came signed from, yet. He hasn't signed yet. He hasn't signed yet. Anything can happen. Some, some people aren't worried about it because they think, eh, maybe it doesn't work out and we get him back in the transfer portal. So, <laughs> you know, so some it, people are, if he wants to, you know, slip back into the portal, I know Chip going to be say, Hey, big head, you know, <laughs> Come back, you know, we gotta, him we gotta or Deshaun Foster might be. Hey, big so, head. Oh, because Foster got a stable, though. Yeah, I know yeah. he's gonna find some more dogs. He's gonna be stacked that's, regardless. That's, that's what that's one thing I'm not worried about. It's Coach it, Foster running backs. And shout out to Coach Foster who got um inducted more or less into the UCLA Athletic Hall of Fame uh just this weekend. And the guys were there to kind of watch him give his speech and whatnot. That was pretty Go. cool. One of the best, one of the best ever to play and to coach mm-hmm. UCLA. Um, so top three, three recruits. recruits. I was, um, I'd say that we got probably Darnay, mm-hmm. Darnay and Jalen Phillips mm-hmm. were big. Um, in my class, maybe even So So Juwambo. Um, well, after yeah, I think those three, those are the three when I was there that were, and then because Josh Rose was already committed, so it wasn't really gotcha. And then three that you were surprised that you lost. Roquan Smith in my class was wait where he I know that name. He, he's and, on the 49ers now, no or something. No, he's a linebacker for the Bears, but he committed oh, yeah. to UCLA on TV, but oh. ended up going to Georgia on signing day. The linebacker coach at the time who uh-huh. ended up or and defensive coordinator ended up going to the Falcons. Everybody knows who know if you know, you know. Okay. He after I signed, let me know and probably the other guys that he was taking the job in the NFL. I mm-hmm. think Roquan hadn't signed yet. Or he hadn't officially signed his NIL. He signed like financial aid or something like that at for like TV. And then when the news came out, he Oh. I guess you can scratch that and then signed with Georgia. Yeah. He went on three years, NFL, Chicago Bears, you know, yada, yada. But the linebacker class was going to be me, him, and Keyshawn Lose Yourself. So it was going to be a pretty solid unit. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we never got to see it. 
Who else did we did we lose that we? I mean, maybe do you count Jalen Phillips? Well, I guess you're I talking mean, about does yeah does transfer yeah transferring out. I I would I say transfer now counts. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could say you could say Jalen losing Jalen and losing. Uh, wasn't there somebody else? I would say losing. Um, uh, maybe Chris, Theo Chris Howard. Murray. Oh, Maybe Theo Howard. Theo Howard, who was on the show Theo last ha- okay, week. Okay, yeah. And, Theo and that one that one hurt my feelings. Let's see. He I remember him. that. I remember that day. <laughs> that, that day hurt my feelings. Um, and that was like Chris Murray. I was gonna say but Chris I, Murray. I wouldn't I wouldn't say losing uh I don't know, because a lot of times I wasn't involved in you know the mm-hmm. war room of recruiting and like that. Yeah. Like I've hosted guys, but I, I like I said, like it. I never knew what, what kids were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like majority of time, like some of the guys I hosted were pretty much like I could, I knew I could, you know, like Jason Harris was a grad transfer in oh, to play yeah. outside linebacker. Like, mm-hmm. and after, after hosting him, I was like, yeah, he's coming, you know? Yeah. Do you go but back and we, do you tell the coach that? Like, yeah, we got him. Like, do you, do you share that feeling with them? Like, yeah. I think we got him. I, I mean, I mean, well, yeah, they'll ask me like, oh, what do, what do you think or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, we have a chance. And then once we once we get them, you know, they come to me like, you did that. And I was like, yeah, I know. it's like, yep. <laughs> um, and then a, you said a three star that. And then a three star that you uh, that was vastly underrated when you first saw them. So someone, you know, like a someone just who is an underrated guy that Josh Kelly. Yeah, off the rip. Mm-hmm. I'd say Josh Kelly, hundred percent. That's a good one. Um, hold on. Um, Ryan Alexander wants to know. Ask him if your brother is a doctor yet. I played him. I played in college with him, and he was a smart cat. Do you have a brother that's a doctor? Interesting enough, he just started law school at University of Michigan. Okay. So he's not a doctor, so but he's going to be he, a lawyer. <laughs> he finished with bio and chem, was doing that, and then he's you know, he's a nerd and you know <laughs> wants to be a lawyer now. And it's like so you now know, I have a I have a Big Ten rivalry mm. in the family now. There you go. You're a nerd too, or didn't you give like a four point don't cut yourself short? You were like a four point something GPA. No, no, no. Are you not? I'm I'm kind of smart. He's a nerd. Okay, he's just different he's levels. Extremely, smart. yeah. My yeah, he's extremely smart. I brag about him a lot. Um, as you should, as you should. Um, someone wanted to know what's the update on John John Vons. I did see John John on crutches during the game. He hobbled off the field a few times. It looks like he was a full go at practice this week. That question came in from Hardtail. Um, someone asked, "Will they crack 50? Uh, 50k attendance in any game besides USC. Do you think if they beat Oregon, the Stanford game will be packed? They had 40. Ah, they had 40. Tough it, because Stanford is not that. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. But I don't think it's know, about so. Stanford at that point. I mean, maybe they just want to see it. Win. Yeah, people will start. Yeah, start coming for the show. So they I had mean, 40, I mean, 42, I think, 42, this last Yeah, I think. Game. I think if we, I think if we beat Oregon, yeah, I think. I think so. Oh, actually, this is a this is a good question here. Um, we'll see. Um. This one's from Jack, Jack uh, Fernan 07 underscore 07. Uh, this question is for Woodsy on the pod. But in bye weeks, how big is how big or how big is it when you get a bye week? Um, like 
hold on, I'm trying to read the question. Is like, is it better to keep the momentum going, uh, or and just face Oregon, or are you okay having a bye week like right now? Like you just came off two big games, you have another big game. You okay with the bye week right here? Um, I I think so. I mean, it's tough to say because the way the boys are rolling, you kind of it mm-hmm. would it. I think it would have been kind of cool to play Oregon this week and then have a bye next week. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you uh, bye weeks are. It's a time to you know get healthy, rebuild, you know, fix anything, you know, all the all the little things, dial in a little bit, also you know get that rest, time to go, um, spend time with you know you might be able to go home, mm-hmm. go to your your alumni, your high school game, and also for the coaches, it's time for the coaches to get on the road, uh, and recruit. So though, I mean those are the main keys of a bye week. You can't lose. I mean, that's how you don't lose a bye week. Those are the major keys. Yeah. Uh, so a lot. I was at the modern day Bosco game as we mentioned earlier. Lincoln Riley was there. I posted a video of Lincoln Riley. Hey, Lincoln Riley's here. Um, and everyone's like, okay, where's Chip? Where's UCLA? I was only on the Bosco sideline for most of the game, so I can't account for who was there representing UCLA. Maybe because there was an early game, I didn't see anybody, but I did see Chip Kelly. Uh, I saw a picture of him. He was at modern day, um, yesterday, so he was here. He was at modern day earlier in the week. And he's doing his part. So stop giving Chip a hard time. What is the, uh, and you can answer it quickly. What is the difference in practice and preparation in week one versus week two when you have a week off? So pretty much during the, how do you handle a bye week? So, so, I mean, you have, you'll have a few practices during this bye week, but it'll kind of be um, kind of similar to a camp practice. You know, it's, you're going to go, ones versus ones and stuff like that. And you're going to just go for mistakes from the last game. And then next week is when you really start, you know, game prep and game plan. So it's kind of a, a free week, you know, and just to make sure the guys are still moving around, still locked in and dialed in and fixing the mistakes from the previous week. Also real quick, Josh, um, a special shout out to Theo Howard once again, um, for not only joining the show last week, um, and I think you can you convinced him to to pick the right side, obviously with the result. But um, if, I don't know if you saw his tweets or had a chance to talk to him yet. But he was clearly rooting for UCLA at the end of the day. But um, yeah, uh, the the episode we had last week with Theo Howard, former UCLA, Utah, and Oklahoma wide receiver, uh, joined the show, and it was one of our most listened to shows. So a special shout out to Theo again, and for all of you who tuned in and listen to the show if y'all just wanted to hear theo just say that we bring him on again sometime but no um so again thank you guys for the support for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast for the first time make sure you guys go ahead and check out the podcast subscribe and yeah we have a lot of other great stuff other great conversations we've had we've had low kenny on as well former ucla linebacker so yeah a lot of great stuff a lot of more great stuff to come um and let's jump back into some questions if you're ready josh Let's do it. Shout out to Theodore. Um, All right. Question from Kanal Lamar, who said, who asked, what can UCLA do to improve in NIL? And then also what scheme is most effective against the run without blitzing? Did you see what Caleb uh, Wilson said? That's exactly what I was going to talk about. And I was like, number one is by doing what Caleb Wilson is (laughs) aiming to do, which is you say donors allow Caleb Wilson to, Mm-hmm. Um, spearhead and NIL collective, um, and he would do the best at at putting 
what's best for the players um, at the main front. I think a lot, of, a lot of these things um, are either done by the players and they kind of don't understand business mm. or it's done by donors that don't understand the players. So yeah. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Where I think Caleb would be a perfect person mm. to lead. Who probably has a little that, bit a good idea of both sides of it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, eventually I know he's gonna be one of the best recruiters in the country when you when think so? He hundred percent. When is that what he is that what he's kind of leaning towards? I, I think he he put out a tweet that he was, I, wants to work with like um I mean he's still he's still I still think he has um playing days ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um somebody should sign. I mean, yeah, we all know what Caleb Wilson can do on the field, but I think off the field. Um, when he's done playing, I think um, I see Caleb being um, a coach like his father. Um, I mean, that's a he's a real student of the game, and he also is very um, in tune with the business of college football as far as recruiting, what the players want, what it takes to win, like all those things. I think you know Caleb. Caleb understands it, and I think <laughs> that he, um, when he makes that move, you know. So I mean, I could t- hopefully we can get him on here. I was gonna say I, I mean, think we were gonna maybe kind of wait for the USC game, right? But yeah, I, maybe yeah. we should just kind of get him on like sooner. Yeah, we might <laughs> gotta get him on before that. Yeah. Um. We'll, we'll, but we'll, we'll yeah, the... so I think I think for the NIL thing, I think um, Caleb being in charge of that. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's making um it UCLA the most lucrative mm-hmm. place to be because I'm honestly that's what it's coming to at the end of the day is. It's like, where can I go to win, have the best career and make the best financial moves? I think those are the, you know, the three things that these recruits are looking for. And I think Caleb Wilson is the key to that for UCLA. I mean, again, maybe we necessarily don't know that. We don't know what led Roderick Robinson to go to Georgia or to flip to Georgia, but you know, I think remember we talked about before his dad said something about the, the, attendance. the attendance and stuff like that. But all that stuff kind of factors in, right? Like that's all part of it. The attendance, um, the NIL stuff. Again, it's hard to turn down the national or the defending national champions. I heard uh, the running back coach was out there at one of his games. I think the week prior or the the day before he made the trip to Georgia. And I think I heard that running back coach is a pretty good recruiter. So, but I mean, hey, when you go to Georgia's campus, Georgia's campus and stuff. I mean, it's going to be hard to to kind of just compete with with what they're doing right now, and, and just I what with the atmosphere is on the South right now. Okay, but you know, as <laughs> San, as a, as a California San Diego kid, when it's you know February mm-hmm. March and you out there, I mean, you cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, or I mean, honestly, I don't know how it is in Georgia, but I imagine it's not that fun mm-hmm. when it's not football season. So I yeah. think that's a that's the thing that a lot of like recruits and like that was one of the things that I had to think about. It's mm-hmm. like when I'm not playing. When I'm, you know, for it's it's more than half of the like what like half of the year, more than half of the year when you're not in season. Yeah. Um, are you gonna be happy? And I know there were certain places, right. but I was like, there's no chance I see myself, you know, being there in the off season and and enjoying myself. Because you could at least be a little bit distracted from from any sort of um being homesick during the season, but like when all you have to do is homework and maybe hit the weight room or something. It's like, yeah. When, yeah. When you're just really like in, that's your home. Yeah. Like yeah. wherever you go to school, that's your home. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So 
uh, find, you know, for a crew, you got to find somewhere that you can really see yourself being. Um, the next question comes from UCLA or no, 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 no. We had to finish that. Uh, the last part of that question, um, just off the top of your head or based on what you know, um, in your experiences, what scheme is most effective against the run without blitzing? I'm not necessarily sure if that's because of what's coming up with Oregon or just in general, but that, that was a question that he had as well. So what scheme is um, most effective against the run? Without any scheme where you're, I mean, you can, I mean, anything gapped out man or zone. It's just, I think it comes down to having gap integrity and being gap sound. Um, your linebackers reading their keys, D linemen's holding their gaps, getting, um, penetration when you can. Um, yeah, I don't, and typically, you don't need the blitz to stop the run. Um, at times, blitzing can take you out of the play um, versus the run. So I think it it's not exactly what you need to run. It's more so how you're playing, you know, how just you're going to play the run. Yeah, it's just the whole defense being on the same page and everybody doing their job. Because when everybody does their job versus, versus the run, you can stop it. Mm-hmm. There are, there's always going to be scheme breakers and, you know, you know, tri- you know, not trick plays, but I feel like more so in the past. Yeah. But in the run, majority of the time, um, your scheme should be able to beat it. There's, but there, there was times where, for example, playing Texas A&M, the notorious comeback game, right? Mm-hmm. The way that we were playing them. We were running nickel on first and second down, and on third down, we were running dime. And we went dime. You only have one linebacker in the game. They were running GT counters. So they what they would do is have it be uh, a two-back set, two receivers to the field, one to the boundary. They would motion a running back out, knowing that that would empty the box even more, um, and then pull the garden tackle back to the weak side, and you're kind of outnumbered. You need a DB who's usually high playing the alley running you know for the run um and that didn't work but in the second half we made a change of going um of running base base on first Mm -hmm. and second down and nickel on third down just having another linebacker body um to play the run playing a defense where the dbs are rotating down with the pass strength rather than having the linebacker bump out and i mean in that second half we shut the run down because we were more gap sound. So it's like certain things like that where it's 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 your scheme and everybody playing together rather than um I don't think it's like what play you're running if you're running man or zone. I think it's just you know, everybody being on the same page. And did you um did you have anything on that other question? Uh what is the perfect defense to run against the diamond formation? Okay, so that was one that's confusing. Um uh, I mean, is that I something mean, you just normally aren't going to see a whole lot of? But if a team runs it, it's going to be repped at practice. Like, you're going to mm-hmm. make a um, – so, I mean, originally I thought when I heard diamond formation, I'm thinking of the running back set, which a lot of people do. It's it's uh, it's kind of like a inverted wishbone. So you have two guys – it's it's a uh, two guys at the at the level of the quarterback and then a – running back in pistol behind the quarterback and UCLA used to be really good at it with miles jack they had miles jack as the running back and eddie vanderdose and kenny clark um as the two guys beside brett hunley and it was it was almost unstoppable at the time 
But we were talking about, or the one that was asked about, I think, was the down formation as receivers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a 41 look. Um, and we would usually treat that. We'd, uh, we'd run like a, a box zone to that. Um, so pretty much you'd have a, somebody down pressing the point, playing low zone outside the corner, playing high zone outside safety, playing high zone inside. And then usually a linebacker or somebody playing the, the low inside zone. Um, and we would start with, we would run that even if it was trips in a bunch expecting the running back to swing to the trips. So essentially it would end up being a diamond. But I think what the person's asking is the, the, like the receiver or running back already being out there. Mm -hmm. This is all like, this is, you know, like, I mean, it's good stuff. I mean, I, I, it's, this is, I mean, that's football. That's, that's big boy stuff. I, but that's what I like. And that's why this Josh, this is why I like this podcast because you have that player inside. If they ask me these questions, I'm like, heck, I don't know, but, we have we can get your perspective and and if you know if you don't know then then sometimes that's just they just they coming up with new stuff i mean that that's this, yeah they, they just throwing like, out new stuff i love, love getting on the board this this is what mm-hmm. we need on the board but we didn't like get I a said, video so, yeah <laughs> this diamond formation is pretty much would be uh three by one trips bunch with a running back um going out to the butt side but they're lining up in it instead of the running back making his way out there. Everybody's eligible um, because you have him on the line, the one receiver at the point of line, uh, line of scrimmage, a receiver on the backside of the line of scrimmage. So having somebody press the point just in case they run screen and then having, um, like I said, kind of like boxing it to that side, uh, I think is the best way to combat that because you saw people in the box um, and, Somebody should be coming to everybody in those zones. Maybe at some point during the off season, we get a Patreon. We do some bonus content. We get you a little whiteboard and we have you kind of draw some little stuff up or something like that. I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Just thinking out loud. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's good stuff, though. Um, let, me, let me get the other questions here. I just wanted to make sure we, we you know. We're men of the people. We just try to get everybody in. We're we're almost done here. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a bye week. You know, it's a bye week. We just, we it's just, just like I said, like I said, it, it, it's this is the time to get all the kinks out, to get mm-hmm. all the bonus stuff out. You know, it's a it's a that's what type of week it is. That and that's what hey, that's what Chip and them said they were doing there. He was talking about getting back to the fundamentals, tackling, and and all this stuff. And they're, uh, I think Ben asked. Is is this stuff you saw on film or like? He's like, nah, we're just getting back to the fundamentals. Just what else are you supposed to do during the bye week? Um, this question comes from UCLA Dodger fan 21 who asks, I keep seeing Caleb Williams as a Heisman candidate and it pisses me off. What has Caleb Williams done this season that DTR hasn't done or done better? Thoughts? I want to hear from both sides, UCLA fans, USC and UCLA fans. Um, I don't know how close you're kind of keeping up with Caleb Williams, but just... You know, even if you're just talking about Dorian, I think what would you tell people who maybe not everyone has their eyes yet on UCLA, but what would you tell people about the way Dorian's playing right now? Um, that makes him special at this at, at, at what he's doing for this team right now. I think it's uh, you know, what it's like Caleb Williams is that new girl in school. Mm-hmm. Dorian is a <laughs> Dorian is Dorian is the girl that you know. She's been there, you know, and, and you know she ain't gonna leave. Yeah, she, she, you already, 
but she had a hit her glow up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it might be a girl that you went to elementary school with. You know her the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you kind of don't see her in the same light. Caleb yeah. is a girl that transferred her from some, somewhere else. And you're like, mm-hmm. this is just something new. I think that's what it is right now. I think that it's like he came from Oklahoma with the clout, with the, with the coach, you know. And it's like, this is a, you know, something shiny, something new. And, mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, has all this hype around it. And it's like Dorian, people already had kind of like their preconceived notions about him and like what their thoughts about him because it, this is their fifth year of seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it, in a way, it has taken away from how incredible he's played this season. Because the narrative because, is kind of like there on DTR already, right? Like now it's almost kind of like no matter what he does. And there's some people who, who are even saying like, well, yeah, of course, he's in year five. Like it doesn't matter. It just shouldn't matter. People are gonna, he's in. Yeah, people are going to hate on Dorian regardless. You know what I'm saying? Just it's it's they've had this built up animosity against him for all these years. So mm-hmm. you thought it was going to change now. Um, and I think he likes it that way. He likes proving people, um, you know, wrong. And, and really yeah. he likes that that like. Like underdog, almost like villain role. role. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, did you? I, I, I think, I think now he's an, he's embraced the dark, like <laughs> his is. villain, that, that dark side of him of like, I don't care what y'all saying about mm-hmm. me, I don't care what y'all think about me. I'm gonna go out here and ball for my boys, and we're gonna, gonna, you know, we're gonna get this dub. So, did did you see what he said in some of his post game comments for this for this game after this game? Yeah. Nah. Someone I, asked, I didn't see I didn't see any of the media. Someone asked him something along the lines of like more or less like are you satisfied or are you like are you are you, are you like kind of, it maybe it was like something along the lines of like are you happy with the way things are going or are you happy that you guys are getting ranked and he's like no like we're not satisfied or I think it was like oh you guys might be a top 10 team next week. Um obviously they ended up being number 11 and he's like no like we want more and just the way he said he's like we want more we want to be number five we want to be number one like he he said everything i think good it, like the, the only thing he didn't say and i'm glad he didn't say it is like we want alabama like he didn't say he didn't say we want alabama but but he was like he's like almost to the point where like we're not gonna stop like like we're we're gonna play hungry like until we're there and even when we're there like you know it's like until we're number one like we're gonna keep playing like pissed off like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what number we are because we're not number one like it's disrespect it's disrespectful to him until he's number one like it's just gonna be number two he's he's just feels disrespected um so i like that i mean i like that um so and just but just because i was there when he was saying it and i was like oh damn you you i felt it it. i was like oh I was like, go ahead, Dorian. I was like, um, so I took a stab at that question too. And I kind of answered it before. And this kind of what I said, um, I said, I think it's based on expectation, current rankings and et cetera. I said, I think once the dust settles, if DTR leads UCLA to a victory over Oregon, then he definitely needs to be in these top, these top five conversations of when it comes to the Heisman, because a lot of people are kind of having like, um, Caleb Williams is like number five. Some people like some people are just naming their top five people. And I always kind of almost want to ask these people like, so does that mean Dorian's like number six or like, where does this go? I saw one CBS reporter. I think Dennis Dodd had like, uh, he might've done like a top 10 list and he had DTR and Zach Charbonnet. That's the only list I saw where he, where they had both of them. So again, I thought that was, I thought that was good. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but again, like, you know, they beat Washington. If that's not enough for you, then they beat Utah. 
what more do you need to prove? If if they do it against Oregon, then it's kind of like, well, more, what more can you <laughs> say? Everybody, everybody's trying to hop on a bandwagon now. Yeah. But, yep. hey, but like Dorian said, don't be a fan later. Don't be a fan later because uh, the Bruins are coming for you. Final question before we get you on out of here, Josh. Um, this is a question for both of us, apparently. Um, which one, and this all comes from 1994 Bruin, which one player on offense, what one player on defense has surprised you the most this year um, in terms of their improvement from last year? And then he said, besides UCLA, when, uh, besides UCLA, which team do you think will make the Pac-12 championship game? So the first game, uh, first question, um, which player on offense and then also which player on defense maybe has, uh, maybe has surprised you um, from from last year to this year, or even, you know, I'll open it up a little bit from even from your time there when you were seeing some of these guys. Um, so now. That's tough to say. Cause I mean, I, I've seen all these guys work, so I don't mm-hmm. think I'm really like, I'm not surprised, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen their work ethic and then put so much time in like, this wasn't no overnight um, thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, mm-hmm. I saw their capabilities and is is keep going. So I wouldn't say surprise. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud and happy from even, even like Dorian, I'm just proud of the, yeah. you know, the growth guys like Keegan Jones, Josiah Norwood, Keegan Jones, um, is a good one. even, even, uh, Michael Ziki, like mm-hmm. you mean Michael Ekeze or Ekeke? Hey, <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Brando. But my, Mama I DTR, I feel you. He he disrespected a lot of people in their families, by the way. He was, he was butchering wilding. people's names. It was like almost like he was doing it on purpose at a Cap- certain point. It, it was like, come on now. How you, everybody knows Zach Charbonnet. Come on. Yeah. That's a, that's a, the Zach Charbonnet thing was a little unexcusable. I'm just kind of like, he called him like Zach. Uh, Zach what, do you, Zach, what was it? Zeke like I kind of almost wanted to give him credit. Maybe he was like too excited to say it, but I'm like, it's still Zach Charbonnet. It's not hard to say. Yeah. Um, but Michael Zeke, I get it a little hard, but then I swear, like later on in the game, he said Titus. Like again, I just call him Titus because I don't try to butcher his last name, but he like nailed perfectly the last name for Titus. But, and I'm just but like, don't on on the the roster sheets given to the announcers, yes. doesn't it have the pronunciation next to the players' names, um, on the uh, actually, yes, like I have the like the little roster handout they give me, and on the bottom you can't see it. It's kind of hard to see, but anyways, there's like this section right here has like pronunciations for names, exactly. But even so, then, yeah. like the thing with You're broadcasters, a professional, he's a he professional. Should have been practicing some of these before. Like again, the the Charbonnet one is kind of inexcusable. The Michael Ezekiel one, kind of inexcusable. Like, I, I get it if you're having trouble saying Titus' his last name. Um, Moko Ao Alitamalala. Like, I like I can't. But, um, may, I mean, maybe you're just focused on the D- Titus one so much this week that you don't. But it's Michael Ezekiel. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going for that. But literally someone, um... I could tell someone tapped him on the shoulder. At, during halftime or something, and told him because the second half he like nailed the ZK like perfectly, and I'm like, mm. to... <laughs> someone told him p- something. Yeah, he pissed some parents off. <laughs> yeah. Um, on defense, you know, like I said, 
uh, probably guys like Dovid, who was, you know, mm-hmm. walk on, getting time. Getting some time. Uh, John John Vaughn's continually growing up. John John, yeah. Before our eyes. Stephen Blaylock be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Madrano's back. Kate Madrano's back. Mm-hmm. Seeing him go from receiver to linebacker. Uh, Kenny Churchwell, so proud of that guy, just to, to see the things that he's um, overcame to be back on the field. Will uh, Will Nemo just, uh, you know, growing up too. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, Mo Osling being a, the leader. Oh, yeah. Mo mentioned your name the other day. Kind of like you were an old head or something. <laughs> I am an old head now. But, like, again, like seeing somebody like Mo is Mo uh, is being an old head now on this team is like, that's mm-hmm. how I know I'm old. But <laughs> seeing that is, is so awesome because he is one of the only guys that, you know, has been through it all, seen it all. That's what I asked different, him. I'm like, you bet you, you seen like three defensive coordinators. Uh, position coaches, coaches position yeah. changes mm-hmm. uh like he's you know to to go through all that and as soon as the season's there, done and, we're getting him on because he probably got stories too as long as i mean seeing for him to go through all that and still be there mm-hmm. and still be playing when uh everybody else in his class either graduated or left who was in his class off the top of your head do you remember he his db class was Jay, Jay Shaw, um, Darnay Holmes, Quinn and Lake, and um, why couldn't I think his name? He transferred to Fresno. I can think his name off the top of my head. Oh, um, Elijah, Elijah Gates. Yeah, Elijah Gates. Gates. Dang, so that Those was a five, deep class. And I mean, also Martin Andrews and um, mm-hmm. some of those other guys. But those five DBs were all, that was one class. Yeah. So he is the last one standing of that of that group of five. Um, that's just, a list. That's a list of guys right there. Like all those yeah, guys, all those guys are, time and are like... playing and balling even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the guys that transfer are doing well. Um, mm-hmm. And the other two in the NFL. Yep. And that whole group was recruited by um, coach that... Demetrius Martin, yeah, who yeah. is at Oregon. Yeah, at Oregon. There you go. Chase Coda is also at Oregon. That, that's something I'm looking forward to. The one that Josh failed on, Josh, uh, Justin Flo. Oof. <laughs> See, that was one where that was one where was, <laughs> I knew we ain't getting him. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 a guy. I I'm I I wanna I need to see him play in person at college. I swear. Did you ever saw the video of him body stamming someone? If you guys aren't familiar with Justin Flo, go look at I think him up. I was at that game. Were you? The the Upland game? Where your body uh, yeah, versus La Habra. I think I was at I that think, game. I think it was a La Habra game. Picked him up. WWE body slammed him. It was the greatest thing ever. Um, I'm glad the kid was okay. <laughs> That's something to worry about next week. <laughs> That's something to worry about next week. We'll talk about Justin Flow next week. Um, but just real quick, my guys on uh I mean, there's probably a bunch of different names, but off the top of my head, I'm looking at a uh John Gaines. Just even like when you think about his like star rating, I think he was like two star or something. Bottom of that class I, that Dorian. I was forgot in. about the O lineman. He's like bad. all the way down there, and and you're like 
if I were to look at like, he's probably the guy that probably would have gotten the least amount of like coverage in the recruiting cycle. You would say, Oh, that's cool. They got an offensive line, John Gaines. Okay. That's cool. But they got this four star DTR. They got this four star Bo Calvert. And like, you look at all these, you know, but John Gaines just kind of doing his thing year after year. Um, so respect for John Gaines. He's a good interview. He was talking to the media earlier today. Uh, he's, he's a good dude on defense. Um, for me, a guy who's made improvement. I mean, maybe maybe it's an easy answer, but maybe it's Kirkwood. Just seeing what Kirkwood's doing, um, his improvement. I think, you know, he's going to be, I think he'll be there. Obviously, he's going to be there at least another year, maybe another year after that. And he's going to kind of be the Stephen Blaylock of that secondary just over time, right? He's just going to be that veteran guy playing since he's a, or almost like Dorian, where he's just going to be there for so long. The last part of that question uh, so besides UCLA, which team do you think will be in the Pac-12 championship? It's looking a little, you know, may look a little difficult right now for Utah, depending on how things shake out. But they have two losses now, only one of them in conference, obviously the one against Florida earlier in the season. Um, and then Oregon, obviously, they lost a game against Georgia to start the season, but have been rolling ever since. Um, and then USC is USC. I think some people are still waiting for them to have a, a big a big game um, against a team. I would... so. I would love for it to be UCLA versus USC in mm-hmm. the Pac-12 championship because mm-hmm. they made that new rule. And yep. with the news of us leaving the conference, I think that would be it'd be the ultimate, the most, like <laughs> yeah, like gotcha, yeah, like we're yes. like that, right? I no, I I agree. One, I just think that would be fun. Um, and then you have it down to the two LA schools. Imagine if they're both undefeated, right? Just. But you know, it, it would almost well, be like the Oregon to, Utah thing. They have, to, they have to play each other first. They're gonna though. have to play each other, but said, what, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, one, I mean, the stakes. It's gonna be, there's gonna be high stakes regardless, right? Because you're you're both undefeated going into that game, just a conference game, and then if you're still the two best teams, then you play each other like two or three weeks after that, and then I've at seen, that point, that, that's like that happened football playoff in twenty, either twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. UCLA had to play Stanford back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. It happened last year. UCLA, yeah. lost, UCLA lost both. Oof. Yes, yeah, it's tough. See, the Oregon Utah one, I think Oregon won. Or did they lose? I think they lost both times. Uh, Oregon, Oregon was like the favorite, but then Utah beat them in the Pac 12 championship game and then they beat them. No, they beat them in the conference game and then they beat them in the Pac 12 championship game. And people are like, what are y'all doing? Um, and then, or, uh, Utah makes, or just missed out on the college football playoff. Um, I think they were number five or maybe number six, but they play in the Rose bowl. Um, so yeah. So I think that kind of answers most of those questions. Uh, is it just crazy to still even think or to see this stuff about UCLA being in the college football playoff picture? Like, is that weird to you at all? I mean... I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Do you wish you were a part of it? Oh, hundred what? A hundred percent. After all them them L's I had to take. The, I went through the struggle. You did that so they could be this. hundred percent. You know, that you know, you, know and you took the sac you you were the, you did you sacrificed a lot. I've now, loved bragging at the facility every day. Mm-hmm. I love when people ask me about UCLA now, because it's like yeah, we're great. We're good. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, dang, I seen you still one. Like, yeah, we did. We're like that. You know, and we're number eleven. <laughs> and I mean, especially this week, I've 
uh, their Oregon guys. guys. Locker room, yep. so. Okay. So should, should you guys got a bye week? They have a bye week, so a lot of extra time for for some trash talk. Um, real quick before we go, do you got anything on uh, Tyler Manoa transferring out? I don't think we had a chance to talk about it. I think uh, is it Barack uh, Beckett? Uh, Beckett. Where I'm not sure if you were familiar with him. Yeah, uh, I think it was four Beckett. years too. But but for Tyler, any any thoughts on on Tyler? Kind of deciding to redshirt I mean, and get out. Tough situation. I mean, he's he's asked to change positions, mm-hmm. and then he's not playing that much. So it's like, and losing Martin. Like there was, you know. Some of us before it was before that even came up, we started kind of talking about it. Like, okay, so you can put Tyler back yeah. then, and you kind of thought mm-hmm. maybe that was going to be the case. Yeah, so you leave a position that needs you to go to a position where you're not really playing. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was all going on uh, with the staff behind it, like how Chip felt about it, how the O line and the D line coaches felt about it. If it was a thing where he was kind of forced to make that position change or if it was like uh you know this is what's best for your future this is what scouts want to see um because I, i've seen those work and not work you know mm-hmm. i remember when they asked osa diggers you want to move to offensive guard and osa Sheesh. said no and Osa had a big game starting. yeah and so now osa starting night? for the dallas cowboys imagine if he was playing guard zach and uh matthew stafford i think it was, yeah, yeah so matthew stafford yeah uh, those cha- like yeah, those changes. If the coaches ask you to change, I mean, I imagine it's usually for your benefit to play in their scheme. And I think usually a lot of times, if you don't do what they are kind of not forcing you but asking you to do, mm-hmm. then it, it might be time for you to go somewhere else. So, um, as Tyler's a great guy, um, he's gonna, you know succeed I think wherever he goes whether he's going for a D-line or O-line um, so I just hope you know wish him the best and hope that he can do everything to get to the next level and, or accomplish anything he wants to accomplish you know so we'll see where he lands uh, it may be full circle for him getting his first offer from Jim Mora but I must uh, yeah I guess that would have been the guy who would, would have recruited him now yes it was yeah so, I mean, his post, I don't know you want to talk about it. It looked like a little bit of shade. I mean, that's up to you. If you that's what you saw it as, I just, you know, I just, I, you know, full circle. That's all I'm saying. But he did. I'm just saying that tweet, he did say the original UCLA staff. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Cause he was very kind of direct with it. Right. Let me see. Let me, I'll, I'll read it here. I'll read it here. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so Tyler Manoa posted, tweeted um, October 12th in the afternoon. Thank you, my Heavenly Father, for everything he has planned out for me. Thank you, Coach Jim Mora and, and Coach D. Hillard. Uh, I don't have a first name Dalton, on that. Dalton, Dalton Hillard. Hilliard. Hilliard. UCLA, uh, UCLA mini backer legend. There you go. Uh, for believing in me. Like they did back in 2018, the original UCLA staff that recruited me. That was his first offer. That's his first offer since entering the portal. I mean, hey, if if it's a matter of of guys, maybe you know, maybe you're not that comfortable. You know, things aren't working out for you. Maybe you feel like they're not believing in you anymore. Um, obviously, with guys coming in through the transfer portal and whatnot, why not go to someone that you know will believe in you 
and that believed in you and got you to where you were. So wouldn't be surprised if he lands there. Go where you're wanted. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Um, but yeah, man, I think that that kind of covers it for now. Uh, this was just the bye week and there was a lot of stuff just kind of going on and to talk about next week. We'll jump right back into it. Talking about Oregon, Bo Nix, Justin Flo, um, Chase Coda and much more. Um, Josh, anything for, for the people at home as we let them go. I just want to, you know, thank you guys for the continual, you know, support and love you guys show listening in, asking questions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just the compliments and things that we've received from you guys is just always, uh, you know, wonderful to hear and, you know, keeps us going and keep us doing this. Um, don't forget, you know, pass it on, share the, share the podcast, please uh, rate us, all that type of thing, you know. Yep, all that good stuff. And, yeah, much like Josh said, uh, those who listen to the Theo Howard episode especially, um, I know a few of you guys said good insight or, or you know, it was just great to a lot of people thought it was good. Uh, well, not a lot of people, but those who commented said it, it was good interaction with you and uh, and Theo about the fat sound. <laughs> you and you, you guys in the fat style stuff. That was a highlight for me. The fat stuff, the fat style stuff. Um, but yeah, great stuff uh, from Theo last week, uh, from Josh last week and always. Um, and yeah, we'll have to reach out to, to Caleb, uh, get him on next and. Uh, yeah, Josh, we need to get you on the Twitter spaces. The, the people want to talk to you. So I do need to get on there. You need to get on there. Um, I I think we're looking yeah, at Monday, Monday at five o'clock. If you're available, that's an open invitation to you or to anyone who's um, able to make it. Let me see if I can get Lil Kenny on the space. Yeah, get Lil Kenny on the space too. You know, it's unfiltered. I don't care what y'all say on there. So, oh, he's gonna let it loose. Oh, I expect nothing, nothing less from Lil Kenny. Yeah, if you want to get Lil Kenny on there too, that's fine. I mean, even if it's just you guys having a conversation, whatever, that's fine. I tell him Monday five o'clock, be there. Um, but yeah, let me let me know if you're down. Um, but regardless. We'll be talking UCLA football on the Twitter spaces and right here, as always, on the Believe in UCLA Football podcast. For Josh, I'm James. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.